Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for April 13th, 2020. Uh, my name is Scott and I work for Adafruit on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is Python designed for microcontrollers, which are tiny, inexpensive computers. The goal is to make it really easy for people to get started making hardware do what they want, making the software side of hardware easy. Uh, this is our weekly meeting where we get the community together to talk about all things happening in CircuitPython land. Everyone is welcome to participate. Uh, you can participate by joining the Adafruit Discord server at adafru.it slash discord. That will drop you in. We're happy to chat all week, but uh, we do this voice uh, meeting on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern in the CircuitPython voice channel. For those of you who are joining us today, first, thanks. And second, uh, beware that we are recording. So uh, the text of the CircuitPython channel gets recorded along with their, the voices coming from the voice chat. So just be aware of that. Uh, the recording is posted to the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit. And the description of the video includes a meeting or a link to the meeting notes. Uh, which we have in a Google Doc that we do as we go along. Um, and we put time codes in there. So uh, if you want to follow uh, along or you're watching the meeting later, you can take a look at the notes to skip around in the video uh, for all the parts that you want to hear. Um, this meeting, uh, just a brief overview of how it's run in case we have any new folks. Uh, first, we'll start off with community news, which is a brief overview of uh, some cool things going on uh, in the CircuitPython community. Uh, next up after that, we have state of CircuitPython libraries in Blinka. This is a kind of objective view of how many people we have involved and some stats there around the project. That gives us a kind of, again, objective statistics view of the health of the project. If you have ideas for stats, uh, let us know for that as well. Um, after that, we'll do hug reports. Hug reports is the first of two round robins. Uh, round Robin is where I will start, and then we'll go around through the folks in the notes who left notes docs, and uh, also uh, the folks in the voice channel. If you want to take a look at the notes doc, it's always, uh, we, we've started posting it right after the meeting, so for the next week. Uh, you can just go to the pinned icon in Discord, and that will get you access to the notes doc there. Um, if you're unable to make the meeting, you can always drop notes in there and we'll read those off as we go along. Otherwise, we'll uh, go through folks in the voice chat. If you're just listening in, you don't want to speak up, uh, don't have anything to say, that's totally cool. Um, just let us know that you're lurking and we'll skip over you. We're happy to have you anyway. Um, hug reports in general is, a, is the time for us to t uh, give thanks to those folks that are doing awesome things. So... Uh, yeah, just take a couple minutes to give some shout outs to folks who have been doing cool things. Uh, it doesn't have to be CircuitPython specific. If you think it's really neat, uh, we want to hear about it anyway. And then after hug reports, the next section is also around Robin and its status updates. So take just a couple minutes to talk about kind of what you've been working on in the past week and kind of what you're forecasting to do in the coming week. Uh, it could be bathroom remodels or certain CircuitPython powered projects you're doing. It could be uh, anything that that you is kind of related, so we're interesting to hear about it. Um, after status updates, we have our last section, which is in the weeds, and in the weeds is a uh, is a section where we kind of dump all the longer form questions and topics that we want. Uh, it's at the end, so uh, but if we have topics or things that come up in the earlier sections, this is where we can continue that discussion. So uh, the way it works is if you have stuff you want to talk about in the weeds, uh, hop in the notes doc, add it to your username along with like the topic or question, and then we'll go through those topics. And then we'll wrap up and we'll then chat with everybody in the text and uh, do our voice meeting the next week. Okay, let me take a time code and let's get rolling. So uh, first up, we have community news. Um, I'm going to start the community news just with a brief Adafruit update. Uh, Adafruit sponsors a bunch of us to work on CircuitPython, so it's of interest to this community. Uh, the update is Adafruit was deemed an essential service to distribute and make some PPE, such as face shields and manufacturer 
Electronics for Essential Life-Saving and Preserving Equipment and Development, which is needed in New York and beyond. Uh, link to a blog post, blog post is in the notes. Um, this is not new news, uh, but this is kind of just the, the current state. A uh, bit newer stuff is uh, Adafruit received a literal ton of plastic for face shields, I believe, last week from the food packaging company Novolex. Uh, so shout outs to them for, for getting that material there. Uh, the material was put to use making face masks on an Adafruit assembly line. And you can see the pictures uh, day by day from the Adafruit team with the Twitter hashtag, uh, hashtag Adafruit Chronicles. So if you want to see the latest and greatest of what is happening at Adafruit, check out Adafruit Chronicles. Okay, next up. Uh, can't type. Um, <laughs> I'm all out of practice. It's been two days. Um, Electronics Count Cats announced a new board from them uh, on Monday that runs CircuitPython. It's the NFC Copycat. It works by reading or emulating an NFC card depending on the necessities of the researcher. Using the board, the user will have a device capable of storing magnetic stripe data or NFC payment data to be replayed later. Known in the cybersecurity world as a leap replay attack. This is the first cybersecurity tool that supports CircuitPython. So if you're in that world, check it out and congrats to Electronic Cats for another thing. Next up, uh, the PSF, the Python Sound Software Foundation, uh, announced their newest fellows. Um, I have reason to want to announce this. So they say uh, on the blog, congrats to the newest announced Python Fellow members, uh, I'll read them off. Al Swiger, Alexander Savio, Daria, uh, cannot pronounce that, C H Y Z H Y K, probably Czech or something. Kenneth Love, Kevin O'Brien, Sarah Storchka, Jaka, Thea Flowers, Thea Flowers, who's in the chat as Stargirl, congrats to you, and uh, Tom Christie. So, Let's all celebrate Thea for her work there. Uh, the fellow work group is looking for more members from all around the world. If you're a PSF fellow and would like to help review nominations, please, e please email us at psffellow at python.org. And there's a link there as well. Um, next up in Thea news. <laughs> uh, how awesome is she? Uh, the Winterbloom online store has opened to sell the CircuitPython-based Winterbloom Sol and the Big Honkin' Button Eurorack synth modules. Links to both winterbloom.com and Twitter. <laughs> to celebrate, Stargirl says, I want 30 minutes of Scott trying to pronounce Slavic names. Yeah, good luck with that. I'll give you 30 minutes of rambling about build systems instead. How about that? Okay, uh... Or two hours, depending. Okay, next up, we have CircuitPython on the Orange Crab boards. It's 8 megabytes or 16 megabytes of onboard... Oh, 16 megabytes of... Blah, blah, blah. 8 megabytes of 16 megabytes onboard flash allocated to CircuitPython. There's a Twitter link there from Greg. I have a thousand... I have a thousand emote. I must get it from a different server. Okay, uh, next up... Distracted by emojis. Uh, the PyCon US 2020 team announced their planned talks, tutorials, posters, and much more online. To participate, go to the PyCon US 2020 remote page. We should start seeing the first wave of this stuff uh, next or in the coming week, so keep your eyes peeled. Expect recorded talks and tutorials, an online summit and hatchery programs, poster presenters sharing their creations, startup row company presentations, and sponsor workshop via videos and postings. So, Keep an eye on the PyCon 2020 YouTube channel as well for that. And I forgot to put it at the bottom, but uh, lastly, we can add it. Um, huge thank you to... Might take a time code. Huge thank you to Anne for leading the charge on the, Ada, or the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter. Um, Anne has been doing a great job filing, finding all the cool things. And if we miss some of them, we need your help uh, to find even more cool things about CircuitPython. So if you have things, you can add uh, on Twitter, you can add engineer Ann or Ann engineer, uh, one of the two. It auto completes for me and we'll put it in the Discord chat. 
Uh, that's one way to get stuff to her. Another way is to email or uh, at Anne in Discord as well. Discord if you have... Well. Oh, David, you're echoing. Um, that will get you all the news that's fit to print in that newsletter to Anne so that we can send it out to thousands of people on Tuesday mornings and make their day better. So if you have stuff, let us know. Oh, and the last bit is it is developed on GitHub. There is a GitHub repository, which I think I have open, uh, that you can make pull requests to as well. All right. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's keep moving. I, Katni corrects me to say that Discord's not a great way. So Twitter and emailing Ann are better ways to get a hold of Ann. Okay. Next up, we have the state of CircuitPython libraries in Blinka. Uh, this is a chance for us to take a look at um, the stats of the project. So let's go through those. Um, overall, uh, we had 230 pull requests merge, which is just insane. Uh, well, that is definitely not a, a mark we will continue to hit, but uh, there's reasons for it. Uh, Authors-wise, we had 13 authors for those 230 pull requests. Uh, shout out to Yayato2788, I think, who's in Electronic Cats. Um, Exxon, XON235 is new, so thank you to them. Lars SKS comes and goes, so thank you, Lars. Sawbus1080 is also Electronics Cats, I believe. Uh, Jim Bob Bennett, thanks to Jim. Uh, and RXDTXD and Jade Gillick are new as well. So thank you to all our pull request authors. We really appreciate you. Um, we also appreciate all the reviewers. We had 11 reviewers of those 230 pull requests. Uh, again, it's a great way to get started. If you want to help out with reviews, we'd love it. Uh, let us know if you need pointers on how to do that. Uh, Issue-wise, we had eight closed issues by six people and 15 open by 12 people. So we're definitely net positive this week. Uh, lots of people involved though, so which is great. Overall, um, 520 was just released, which had some important fixes along with uh, support for the very first FPGA-based CircuitPython board. So thank you to Zobs again for that. Uh, check it out if you're interested. And what we can expect with a 5.3 is some really big, uh, exciting changes. Uh, Lucian's working on F7H7 for STM. Uh, Jeff is working on the proto, proto matter stuff, and I'm working on lower power. So that should kind of all land at once. We'll get a bit unstable, but we'll have a really cool, big, uh, minor release in not too long. Uh, the libraries have been just been going awesome. Katni's been spearheading a lot of work to polish up uh, everything based on checks, and Summersoft has been adapting checks as we found the need for it as well. So thank you to those folks for leading the charge. And Blinka continues to uh, become more and more popular in the Raspberry Pi world. So thank you to Melissa for that. Okay, uh, let's go into a bit more specifics for those three categories. For the core, uh, we had nine pull requests merged from seven different authors. Uh, thank you to all our authors. We had four reviewers, uh, myself, Sedacious, Dan, and Hireffect. We have nine open pull requests where the oldest is 125 days old, which is not too bad. And uh, we had four closed issues by three people and four open by three people. So we're net even for a total of 272 open issues. And uh, you can go check the notes for the link to the issues there. We have six active milestones. One issue is not assigned a milestone, not too bad. And most of those issues are 200 of them, in fact, are marked long term, which is means that there are things we'd like to do in the future, but uh, not urgent uh, by any means. Lastly, we have a link to circuitpine.org stats, but I'm not sure it's working yet. So uh, stay tuned for that. And with that, let's kick it over to Katni for the libraries. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. So for the libraries, we had 216 pull requests merged. Um, over 200 of those were me. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you to uh, Jim Bob Bennett, uh, XON235, and RxdTxd uh, as new authors uh, for some of those PRs, and to our seven reviewers, thank you as well. 
um, we did not list the merged pull requests because it would have taken up pages and pages and pages. So uh, if you're interested in that, check out circuitpython.org slash contributing, um, which has uh, a list of all the open pull requests of all the open issues and um, circuitpython.org slash libraries has the um, latest list of updated libraries um, available. So we had three issues closed by three people and 10 open by nine people leaving us with 172 open issues across the entire set of libraries. And we currently have 28 open pull requests. Um, and then library updates in the last seven days, which is to say libraries that have had new releases is 185, also not listed um, as it would also be pages. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, all this information is available on circuitpython.org slash contributing. Uh, if you're interested in getting started contributing to CircuitPython, that is an excellent place to start. Um, there are PRs that need to be reviewed that are available there. There are issues that need to be taken care of. And then the library infrastructure issues, um, the list of which is actually quite short now um, because that was what I've been doing over the past week, which I will talk about later. Um, but that also sometimes has some good first issues on it. Um, we have a guide on using Git and GitHub, and we are also always available to help you get started with that. So don't let that part of it intimidate you. That part we are perfectly happy to help you with and um, make less intimidating. So don't hesitate to reach out to us if you're interested in contributing. We have tons of stuff um, that are ways for you to contribute. And that's where we are with the libraries. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katni. Next up, let's kick it over to Melissa for Blinka updates. Hello. So uh, for Blinka, we have this is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. We had five pull requests merged by two authors and three reviewers, which is excellent. A lot more activity than normal. Uh, we had zero open pull requests. There was one closed issue by one person and one open by one person, leaving a net total of 37 open issues. Um, and or a total of 37 issues and um you can check those out at github.com slash adafruit slash adafruit underscore blinka slash issues uh there were 3898 pi downloads in the last week which is looks like an increase and there are currently 43 boards supported and that's it awesome thanks melissa Okay, next up, we're moving on to Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance for us to say thank you to folks for the awesome work they've been doing. Uh, we like to do this both to recognize the people and their work, but also emphasize to everyone else what we value uh, within our community. So this is a done as a round robin. So I will start and then we'll go through the voice channel by alphabetical sorting. And I will also mix in anybody who's not able to make the meeting. Uh, the notes are sorted alphabetically as well. If you're lurking, you don't want to speak up. That's totally cool. Just let us know and uh, we'll skip over you. Uh, if you want to double check, you can look in the notes doc to see if your name's been marked as lurking. That's super helpful. OK, uh, I'll start after I take a time code. Uh, first and foremost, a uh, huge hug report to Katni for the epic work with blackening everything. We did a pass on all the libraries to blacken them, but did it accidentally as Python 2 compatible rather than Python 3. So Katni went through all the 200-ish libraries and did it with the Python 3 settings of black. So thank you. Huge thanks to her for that. Um, hug report to Ladyata and PT for the desk of Ladyata last night. Super excited to see that's starting again. It's one of my my insights into Lamora's brain, which is cool, and I'm glad to see that they're having the time to do that. Um, huge thank you to Unexpected Maker and everyone who watched my stream on Friday. Uh, had some had some issues with getting the ESP32 S2 up and running, uh, so thank you to everyone who stuck with me through that, and uh, Unexpected Maker in particular for some really helpful suggestions. I will post a link to that. Uh, and lastly, a hug report to TAC, CR1901, IGRR, SpriteTM, and PyGroove for their work on the 
ESP32-S2 support in TinyUSB. Uh, it's a huge hurdle, or w the first milestone for getting new chipset supported in CircuitPython is getting TinyUSB support. So I'm happy to see that the ESP32-S2 is now supported uh, in TinyUSB and will be in CircuitPython shortly. Okay, and with that, let's uh, head it over to V923Z. Uh, thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, so first of all, I would like to hand out a hug to to Jeff for um, well helping out with code in in microbyte or uh, micro micro lab, sorry, <laughs> uh, and and uh, <clears throat> being a great sounding board and being ready to review code all the time. So if I may, then I I would like to try something like this. I'm not going to I I am not sure whether it's going to fly, but let's try. Um, yeah, it did fly. <laughs> um, and second, um, a group hub to, to everyone. Awesome. Thank you. The cat is getting antsy. I might have to kick her out. OK. Next up, we have notes from Andrew Tribble. And Andrew says, a group hug to all. And is lurking, so I'll read off for Brent. Brent has notes only, says, uh, Hug reports to Dan H for the BLEIO work. Just started using it. It was simple to pick up. Hug report to Tan Newt for continued work on low power modes. Hug report to Paint Your Dragon for L uh, little v VGL glue. And lastly, a hug report to Hologram.io for their educational resources. Been using them as a jumping off point for cellular work. Okay. Carter is lurking. C. Grover says group hug. And let's go to Charles. Well, first of all, a hug to, to, to you, Tanuk, for, uh, for that deep dive. I really enjoyed seeing what, what what it goes into producing uh tiny uh, a tiny usb for for a new uh, board uh and a group hug for everybody else who's and all the people who are trying trying to help with uh, the covid 19 business thank you thanks charles all right next up we have dan Okay, hold on. Gotta scroll. <laughs> okay, I'd like to thank a foamy guy who uh, I spent a couple hours with him trying to get his fuse his uh, fuses and bootloader reset. And I had an idea of using some of the simpler tools that JLink software provides, which turn out to be not very helpful in certain ways. Like they they don't they don't accommodate the peculiarities of each chip when it comes to um, rights of fuses and things like that. So after a lot of work, we got it working. Um, thank you. Thank you for your patience. Um, Lars um, SK, Lars, Lars KS uh, found an issue where we were doing the wrong thing with HID co key codes. We were topping out the limit too low, and that was a really simple fix. So thank you for finding and fixing that. He also submitted a PR. And then thanks for uh, Jeff for uh, circling back on the GitHub Actions checkout version two issue, which we are now testing as we speak, which should hopefully fix some of the problems we have where multiple pull requests are submitted at once and the, the build jobs get really confused. Okay. Awesome, thanks, Dan. All right, Dave P and David G are lurking, so we'll go to Foamy Guy. I don't hear you. Should I hear you? All right, Katney doesn't hear Foamy Guy either. Must be a settings thing. I will read them off. Foamy Guy is typing. Go ahead and read it. Okay, Foamy Guy says, Hug reports Dan H for helping me revive the feather that I broke. 
Uh, hug report to Jerry N. for the excellent work on Radiohead packet sending and receiving. Hug report to Sedacious for making and Drew Fistini for sharing on GitHub the Open Source Hardware Summit watch slash badge app launcher script. And lastly, hug report to Katni and all others who worked on Black Enabling PR. Next up, we have text notes from Geek Guy. Who says, uh, hug report to Adafruit for starting down the path to create CircuitPython. Hug report to Jerry N for his awesome work on the RFM69 and the RFM9X Radiohead compatibility updates. And hug report to Tan Newt for his deep dive into the ESP32-S2. I learned a lot from that. Awesome. Uh, next up, we have Hierofax. Uh, all right, so this week, thanks to um, Dan and to Scott for their reviews on the H7 F7PR. Um, and uh, thanks to Adafruit for just being tireless uh, at fighters in the fight against uh, the Rona. So, yes. And uh, group hug to all else. Thanks, Hierofact. All right, Jason P is lurking, so we'll go to Jeff Epler. Hello. Um, so I first want to issue a group hug. And I want to thank you, Scott, for uh, what's soon to be your third round of review on the Protomatter PR. As usual, we'll get there. And a thank you to Paint Your Dragon. He just merged the CircuitPython part into the Protomatter library a little bit ago within the last hour. And also, it's really exciting to be able to start um, using the same code base to support hardware in CircuitPython and in Arduino. I think that's going to bear some uh, good fruit. And congratulations to Scar uh, Star Girl for becoming a PSF fellow. Woo! Yay. All right. Next up, we have Jerry. Hi. Uh, is this mic working OK? Yeah, sounds good. Good. OK. Uh, yeah, well, thanks to Foamy Guy and Scott, to you to, for time, taking the time to review that RFM 69 PR and and again Foamy Guy for the extraordinary effort he went through to to get some get some hardware and, and actually test it. Really appreciated his his efforts. And a group hug to everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Jerry. Awesome. Thanks, Jerry. All right. All right. Next up we have Ketney. Excellent. Um, so I have a hug report for Summersoft for help with an odd Sphinx issue and for finding a workaround. Um, also to Summersoft for thoroughly reviewing my setup.py that disabled PRs, catching that the README needed to be updated on a few of them, and then pushing the fix to the README to those PRs for me. Um, to Scott and Jeff for merging the first set of the black PRs. To Dan for plowing through a huge number of the black PRs for thorough reviews, catching little issues, and for pushing the fixes to some of those PRs to resolve those issues. Um, to everyone who's been showing and sharing their projects on Show and Tell and on Discord, thank you for basically, you know, maintaining a sense of community and, you know, giving everyone the opportunity to see what you're up to and giving ideas <clears throat> to people to have stuff to do as well. Um, it's really important that we continue to do this and I'm glad that it's been working out. A group hug to the community for continuing to remain positive and supportive as we continue to bring in more people due to the current situation. And a big thank you to our community helpers, CircuitPython helpers, and community moderators for keeping up with the new influx of people in participation on Discord. All right. Thanks so much, Katni. Next up, we have Maker Melissa. Sorry. Sorry, I couldn't find the unmute button there. <laughs> Uh, let's see, I wanted to give a hug out or hug to Yeyeto2788 uh, for submitting an issue with OpenWRT to include the Python 3 libgpid package a couple months back, which helped me out a little bit, even though I ended up switching to over to Onion OS, but uh, it still helped. And also for putting together the start of the Bitbang SPI library. And also, I wanted to give a group hug. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Certainly and Ninja are lurking, so let's go to Summersoft. Hey, hey. Um, so first hug goes to you, Scott, um, for my uh, for the PR review on the core. Um, a hug to Jeff for his persistence with the actions checkout thing. Um, just watching it is tiring. 
big thanks to Katni uh, for tirelessly working on some of the long-standing library infrastructure issues. Um, the, that list is getting really, really short compared to what it used to be, and it's nice to see. Uh, and then a uh, group hug. Oh yeah, I totally skipped over Slavic. Slavic. Sorry about that. No mic. Okay. And Stargirl, are you around? Notes say lurking, probably. And I'll read those off. Stargirl says, the whole community, I couldn't have done it uh, any of my projects. Well, y'all. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. That has been Hug Reports. Next up, we have... Next up, we have status updates, which is done as a round robin as well. Um, and again, I will start and we'll go around. And if you're looking, just drop us a note in the uh, text channel or double check in the note stock that you've been marked as lurking. That's also helpful. Uh, status updates is a chance to take a couple minutes to talk about um, what you've been working on uh, in the past week and what you plan on working on in the coming week. It's a great way to share tips and tricks if uh, somebody's working on something that's similar to what you've done before. And it's a great way to just keep track of kind of all the things that are happening within this CircuitPython universe. So, oh, I should have taken a time code earlier. Uh, da, 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 da. I'll start here after I scroll down to my notes. Last week, I finished up testing the lower power code and got that sent out. Um, I also started learning and poking the ESP32-S2. Again, there's a link to the stream that I did on Friday. I had a few big reviews ongoing that took uh, some time, and I also released 520 last week. This week, uh, later today, I hope to get through all my emails and all my reviews, which is usually my Mondays. Uh, in particular, I, I actually have to test the F7H7 changes and the protomatter changes on hardware. Hoping to do that today because that's one of the last things you need to do to unblock those PRs. Uh, I need to double check my own large PR, the lower power stuff, and see if there's anything I need to follow up with there. Um, I'm going to be spending some time participating in uh, the Python Language Summit, which is a 50-person invite-only thing for Py Python. Um, that they're doing that online digitally in two four-hour blocks, so that's going to take some time in the middle of the week. And it is also the start of PyCon online, so expect to see some content on the Py PyCon 2020 YouTube channel uh, hit on Wednesday, I think, as well. So that's going to take some time. Uh, besides that, my main thing this week is working on the ESP32-S2. Uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about is how to integrate it into the CircuitPython build system. I don't think I'll go CMake and just bodge it into our make files, and so that's kind of my next piece of work is to try to hook those things together. Um, over the weekend, kind of like as a, I know it's not super important, but I'm curious to try it anyway sort of thing, I was playing around with Ninja, which is a really uh, simple kind of build system that's designed to be paired with something that generates the ninja build rules. Um, I was playing around with switching CircuitPython over to that instead of our complicated and confusing make files. So if you're curious about kind of the direction that I was taking at, there's a link in the notes to the diff between master and the stuff that I've been doing with Ninja doesn't currently fully work, uh, largely because I'm figuring out all the Q-string stuff. But the Q-string stuff is quite confusing and uh, hoping to make it simpler in the long run as well. So that's kind of what's on my radar. Let's go to V923Z. Okay, so thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. um, so in the past week, uh, beyond beyond squashing a couple of bugs in Microlab, I have been working on a number of electronics projects. Uh, one of them is actually uh, circuit Python related. Uh, Scott dropped a, a somewhat innocent comment a couple of weeks ago that got me thinking. <laughs> uh, I am getting there. I am not quite ready to, to re reveal the details, but uh, in due course, it will happen. Cool. Um, and for the coming week, um, um, I would like to 
to to learn a couple of things. Um, first of all, I have found my um, Adafruit feather board. Um, so uh, I would like to fire that up and um, play with Bluetooth. Um, somewhat connected to that, I would like to learn how to how to use uh, Vue.js and uh, the Quasar framework um, as basically to, to write a front end for uh, whatever is, is uh, uh, hanging on the uh, Adafruit's board. And uh, finally, um, it's it's been long overdue, I would like to take some photos, but that's totally circuit Python unrelated. <laughs> so uh, that's my, my status report for this week. Awesome, thank you so much. I'm excited to see what comes of all that stuff. All right, scrolling to the top, we have Andrew Tribble. And Andrew's not unmuting, so I'll read it up. Lost my uh, tab there for a second. Had to. All right. Um, thanks for waiting on me, though. No um, uh, this week or last week, I got some great testing of the AS3935 uh, library adaptation. We had a couple uh, super active thunderstorms with some really good lightning that I could test against kind of in the wild. Um, so that worked out really well. This week, I plan to continue development of a WS2811-based breakout board, the same driver that's in the NeoPixels. Um, for a little lighting project that I'm working on as a bit of a PCB experience builder. Um, also, one additional hug that I neglected to think of until just now is a special um, hug to the citizens of Mississippi. I know they had a super large uh, wedge tornado yesterday, and they're still trying to kind of dig out. Um, and that has renewed my interest in meteorological technology. So group hug to all of those guys as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. All right. Anne is lurking, and Brent has notes, so I'll read those off. Brent says, cellular work with an exclamation point. Been interspersing projects with work on Fona and CircuitPython. Started with the Fona 808. We'll likely look at the Fona 3G after. Drivers bare bones, no text or calling, just GPRS data, plenty of room to grow. The status is that network commands, such as network registration, GPS, GPRS, configurable APN registration, work, I assume. Uh, the TCPIP stack uh, must work, and in the future, UDP in a socket-like class will be created as well. Uh, the Phono, Phono HTTP status is uh, uh, the device has a specific subset of quote-unquote fast HTTP GET and POST requests may be useful for people setting up with less code and beginners. Uh, has a socket-like interface. What's next? Socket requests and any mini MQTT. All right. Next up, we have notes from Carter. Carter says, uh, working on a PR to add fill to bitmap. All right. C. Grover and Charles are looking, so we'll go to Dan. Okay, um, in the continuing saga of the Sambi uh, 51 bootloader, um, I had fixed this, the Sambi 51 problem, but it turned out there was a regression in the Sambi 21 one, and the bootloader version 3.8.0 that I published was broken for... Um, SAMB21. So I made a new one, 3.9.0, and tested it much more thoroughly. And that's released now. And there'll be um, a blog post about that and also some some guide pages telling you how and why you should upgrade. Uh, also, in order to make it easier to find the latest, there's now a section on circuitpython.org has a page for each board. and on most of those pages, there'll be a section on the right at the bottom that says, um, here's the latest bootloader for your your board, and here's how to install it, so that people can do one-stop shopping instead of having to rummage around on GitHub. Uh, after I get done with that, uh, just this afternoon, then I'm going to go back to working on the Adafruit, um, the general Adafruit services library, which um, for instance, supports has supply services for all kinds of 
sensors on various, like the clue board and so forth. And so it'll work with the um, Bluefoot Playground app. And then after that, um, I will work, work on a bunch of other BLE stuff. And um, there's some other things in the works too. So, which I've listed, I won't bother to read them off. Okay. Awesome, thanks, Dan. All right, Dave P and David G are lurking. So let's go to Foamy Guy. Oh yeah, I have to read it. Uh, the mic is not working still, so I will read it off. All right, <laughs> no worries. I I had to like fuss with Discord when I got started as well. I had the wrong output set and stuff. All right, Foamy Guy says uh, successfully reflashed the Feather M0 RFM69 that was boot looping with lots of help from Dan H, and got the second one updated with a UF2 bootloader. First time using JLink. I converted the open source hardware summit app launcher to work with PyPortal and created a repo for it on GitHub. Started working on testing the Adafruit register PR that adds spy bit and bit classes. Bits classes. Uh, first test will be with the fault property in the max 31856 library. All right. Next up, uh, Geek Guy is uh, text only and has no notes, so we'll go to HireEffect. So uh, this past week, I worked on the H7 and F7 port um, and got the first uh, kind of uh, completed draft of that submitted. Um, mostly ended up being a lot of cleanup uh, this week. Just mostly ended up being a lot of cleanup uh, and just testing, working through bus IO, making sure that everything was working properly. Um, I wrapped up the last comments on that this morning, other than this one kind of continuing discussion about whether we want to have uh, the flash read on the cache or not. Um, and uh, finally found a good program for extracting tables out of data sheets because ST does not like to give you tables of what its pin mappings are, especially not on things like its um, uh, discovery boards. So tabula is a pretty nice resource for that. Just mm -hmm. found it. Um, so that's been saving me a bunch of time in repairing some of the old uh, uh, pin tables for MicroPython that were that were broken. Um, but other than that, for the most part, um, I've been taking a little bit of a break just uh, in between, you know, the kind of sp the spaced work on the PR revisions, um, working on some of my own projects this week. Uh, the big one that I'm working on right now is called Expression Engine. It's a fork of the Uncanny Eyes program from Adafruit, um, but it can do a lot of additional stuff. So it can load in different images, different masks for eyes. So you can have, you know, um, kind of different shapes of eyes. You can have like a bunch of different types of eyelid. You can um, have a cycle between different kinds of eyes, have little animations. Um, so I've been doing some stuff on that this week. Um, and also working a bit on dynamic soul support, which is a special kind of server that I'm working on getting supported with uh, CircuitPython. Um, but leaping back into CircuitPython uh, this week, other than wrapping up the H7 and F7PR, I'll be working on educating myself on the IMX a little bit, since it sounds like I may be um, working on that a bit. Um, and, but also I wanna, before leaping into another API too thoroughly, I wanna make sure that I take a little moment to document the STM32 stuff um, so that it's easier for others to make PRs, basically just adding a nice readme the way that the other ports have, um, making sure that things are properly commented throughout the port and, uh, and otherwise just making it a little bit more approachable for folks who wanna contribute their own boards, their own modules, um, anything else that might go into that port, wanna make sure that's accessible. So that's it for me. Awesome, thanks HireFact. All right, next up we have Jepler. Hi again. So uh, last week, I kind of focused on three things. Protomatter, a pile of fixes for microlab warnings, and this work on checkout version two. This week, the focus is getting the Protomatter PR merged uh, and working on the guide. And the current subtask of that is getting acquainted with fritzing. It's an adequate program, but it doesn't quite fit with my way of thinking yet, so uh, it, it's going slower than I would like. 
And as far as fun stuff, my local maker group has started doing a virtual meeting Monday nights. It's kind of a show-and-tell-ish format, so I'll join them tonight for the second week running. It's good to see those local faces that I wasn't seeing. Uh, and by the way, Scott, which board uh, do you have that you're going to test the protomatter? Uh, I have a 32 uh, have by 32. Okay. With a feather wing. Okay, that's okay. certainly the easiest way. Cool. Cool. That's it. That's it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Next up, we have right, Jerry. Next up, we have Jerry. Um. Yeah. Hi. Last week, uh, finally getting RFM 69 PR. It seems like it's been going on forever. Um. But I uh, got implemented a bunch of review comments and um some updates to it so hopefully hopefully uh and maybe scott if you can take one more look at it so you get a chance mm -hmm. we get that done and then i finally got around to putting in a pr this morning which does the same updates to the rfm 9x so hopefully it's it should go a little smoother and i've um, been migrating all my board 520 and uh as, as as we say at my former employer no anomalies to report perfect um Next week, I guess I've got lots of catch up to do after I've been distracted for the last couple of weeks on this temporary return to work. But uh, as I uh, say below, it's uh, I'm just about done with it now. Or in fact, I I just delivered my my versions today, and hopefully the uh, people who asked for it can take it from here. But we'll see. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a uh, it was a good chance I did actually ended up using my and uh, most of this was work in C code, getting a, a, a fourth compiler running or a fourth interpreter running. It's all based in C, and then some examples do for doing interrupt service routines on a new on a new board um, interface board for under in C. So it was some good experience, and I'd forgotten how much fun it is at this point to sit and work. I've been working with the same digital design engineer for the last thirty years, and this part of a project where we we work side by side, even virtually finger pointing at each other to decide who's, whose fault the problems are and, uh, and then fixing them. Um, a lot of fun. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, Jerry. Yep. All right, next up we have Katni. Hello. So last week continued working through the library infrastructure issues listed on circuitpython.org slash contributing thanks to Adabot. Uh, remembered that we forgot to add the black check to the actions workflow on the libraries when we implemented black. Had Summersoft patch the build.yaml file to include the black check. Watched every library failed to build. Put some research into figuring out that if you don't specify a Python target version when you run black, it will look at a file and try to determine what version of Python was meant to be used and format based on that. The conf.py file still contains some Python 2 style strings, and so Black decided to format it based on Python 2. And the version we intended to target was 3.5. So when we patched the check, which has the specified target version, all the libraries failed on that file, and sometimes various others, which apparently were also automatically formatted based on Python 2. So uh, I went through and ran Black on every library, created 200 plus PRs. Uh, found a bug in Sphinx, which I banged my head against for a bit until Summersoft dug up a GitHub thread with the exact issue and evidence that a fix was underway. And I was able to get in touch with the Sphinx developer, and the fix was, in fact, being worked on and was deployed. Um, and so I was able to rerun a number of failed PRs, and um, those were fixed. So that was fine. And um, I updated the library is not intended for PyPI to have a setup.py.disabled file with the info on why it's not included in PyPI. This will allow us to update the PyPI Adabot checks to exclude libraries that were not meant to be deployed to PyPI. This week, um, I'm going through the libs that uh, should have setup.py.disabled and making sure that they all do. I'm already aware of one that I missed. Um, continuing through any other library infrastructure issues, we're definitely getting close to being down to just checks that are ongoing, such as uh, work in progress, new repos, um, that sort of thing, where it's not necessarily a, a check that requires a fix. It's simply a check that makes us aware of a situation. Most of the checks that have fixes have been fixed, is my point. And um, I know uh, there's a couple of checks that 
still need to be updated to adapt to changes that we've made. And I know that's on uh, Summersoft's radar already. Um, so once that's the case, the library infrastructure lift should be quite short and also from here on out much easier to utilize what it was meant for, which is for us to be able to at a glance see that there's a few things that need to be fixed and do it versus um, an extremely long list that you have to dig through and figure out what um, different situations are going on. Um, and then after the library infrastructure issues are re as resolved as they're going to be, I'm uh, starting on open GitHub issues across the libraries to see what I can knock out, see what can be updated, um, what can be dealt with, that sort of thing, ping people, um, et cetera. And same with the PRs. Um, and then uh, tomorrow I'm meeting with the Microsoft Garage interns regarding their new CircuitPython VS Code extension. They um, previously created a Circuit Playground Express simulator. And um, as their project this time uh, worked on a Clue simulator, I believe. So they wanted to show that off and I will be talking to them tomorrow. And then this evening I'm meeting with Nina about doing possibly doing a virtual workshop for PyBadge in place of the workshop that I was going to be giving for Microsoft at PyCon. And other than that, um, picking up any miscellaneous stuff that comes up and uh, we'll see what happens after that. Awesome, thank you, Katni. All right, next up we have maker Melissa. Hello, so last week I worked on testing uh, the new PureIO spy module that I wrote uh, with an oscilloscope to verify everything is working correctly. Uh, I worked and I got that all merged and connected and everything with Blinka. Uh, I worked on getting Blinka running on the Onion Omega 2 Plus, which I got I square C working and you are working successfully. Uh, I was having some issues with Spy. It was like writing uh, or the output was fine. It just wasn't reading it and feels like it's close, but I'm going to get started. I started working on a bit bang. Uh, spy library, so at least we could have an alternative of that working, uh, and that'll go throughout all, or that'll be available for uh, CircuitPython and okay. uh, this week I'm gonna uh, continue working on that library, and then I'll add some work on adding GitHub Actions for Pure IO and the Circuit repos. I need to wrap up the Blinka for the Onion Omega 2, and that's it. Awesome. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah. All right. Mr. Certainly is lurking, so we'll go to Summersoft. Hello again. I was, I was well-traveled uh, this past week. Um, mm -hmm. So for Adabot, I uh, finished the um, needs release validator. Uh, so that it excludes any changes to uh, CI-related files. Um, so it'll now ignore changes to any of the dot .files, um, the setup.py.disabled, change uh, or code of conduct, and the license file. Um, and then I also push that to uh, the circuitpython.org repository so that uh, circuitpython.org contributing doesn't show those or benefits from that. Um, as Katni mentioned, um, I patched all of the build.yaml files uh, and all the libraries to include the black formatting check and the uh, following madness ensued. Um, I updated uh, the cookie cutter for, the, for new libraries. Um, the templates were a bit of a driving factor, as, as Katni mentioned. They had still had some of that uh, Python 2 uh, Unicode string literals in the uh, conf.py. So I got the templates updated so that they'll minimize any black reformatting required. Um, it'll never be 100% because, you know, the variable nature of having different library names and causing line links and all that sort of stuff. So um, I got that. So I updated the uh, docs building in the core so that it, it now builds with the recently released 3.x version of Sphinx. Um, and then in Rosie Pi, I finally got um, tests running on the Raspberry Pi again, um, thanks to the power of virtual environments. 
so now that that started working, um, it's reporting test results back to Physis CI, which now I get to start. I got to start debugging that as far as uh, data flow. Um, so that was it for last week. Uh, so for this coming week, um, I'm going to incorporate the new setup.py.disabled standard into the various other validators, um, such as the missing setup.py check or needs to be on PyPI and all that sort of stuff. Um, for RosyPy, I'll keep debugging the data flow uh, to and through Physis EI. And then I'm going to try and carve out some time to look into why frequency n is returning only zeros um, in the recent releases. So that's that's all I got. Awesome. Thank you, Summersoft. All right. Lastly, I have notes from Stargirl. Uh, da, da, da. My brain can do more than one thing. It would be faster. All right. Uh, Stargirl says, launched winterbloom.com. My CircuitPython powered Eurorack modules can now be pre-ordered. And second, now I'm working on sourcing a bunch of components. So congrats to Scar Stargirl for that. And that is status updates. Lastly, we have a section called In the Weeds, where we have a chance to do any sort of long-form discussion or answer any questions that have come up over the course of the meeting or the course of the week. And so uh, if you have any topics, please drop them in the notes. Uh, if you want to talk about them today, please do it right now, uh, because we have one topic here. And then we'll go from there. So uh, let's kick it over to Katni for our first topic. Um, so, and Summersoft uh, reiterated this below it. Um, it seems like there's no reason not to update the libraries to check out V2 and not super consistently, but consistently enough to be frustrating and annoying. Um, it's failing on that check. Um, like library building is, is failing and requires restarting the build and often passes on the second try, but that's not super useful um, mm -hmm. for the fact that most of this stuff is supposed to be automated um, to save us having to press buttons. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to know, can we update all the libs to check out V2? I would say let CircuitPython soak a day just to make sure that it's okay, but I have no other problem with it. Okay. You could do good. you could also do like a couple and just make sure that they're working I okay have, before doing everything. I've already so there, run multiple ones locally with it and it was fine. Like yeah, like, like updated it and pushed it to my fork and let it run and nothing I mean it was it passed. So And in the libraries there's so there's two different checkouts that happen and one of them already uses version 2. Mm -hmm. Um for the install dependencies part. So it's just the the checking out of the library's own repository that's still version one. Um, <clears throat> which build, or so when you say build, so using CircuitPython build tools, those are failing? Mm, no. Um, when the libraries run checks, like, like when, um, when we do a PR or we merge something or whatever and it runs the check, it will fail on, I want to say install dependencies, which I thought was the thing that was using version one. But now you've got me second guessing Install dependencies it. is the thing where Azure uh, was not serving up the Debian packages and they say they fixed that by adding capacity to their server or something. No, on so on, well, yeah, it does for install dependencies, you're right. Yeah. And I because install dependencies runs apt update and then it installs git text and some other things, CircuitPython build tools. So if that's if that's one of the ones that's consistently failing, then maybe we should move to version two. <laughs> um, that was that was what I was referring to. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll dig, I'll find one, or if you want to shoot me a link of one that's failed. Okay. Um, I may have actually gone through and like, I'd have to go back and find them cause I've rerun them all. Right. Um, but I'll try and dig one up and, um, we'll see, but it, like, I guess I, I'll obviously we, we can let it sit for a day, but, um, it seems like there's no reason not to 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I think it would be a good goal to get to. Okay. I mean, it's as simple as a patch. So, um, all right. Thanks. That was uh, my topic. Jeff, did you see them talk about adding capacity for that server somewhere? Yes, I did. I'll dig up that link if you want. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. that go by. It was in the virtual environment issue. Virtual environments issue. Okay. Well, I'll take a look. That's good to hear. I also um, have a change to move us from 1604 to 1804 for the core. I guess we're using older Ubuntu and we don't need to be. So that's on my radar as well. You are aware of that. Jerry, can you mute? You've got an echo. I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, you, you are aware that there's a new version of Ubuntu about to fall, fall, and so sometime in May you want to might want to look at that. Yeah, it's like we're bottlenecked behind whatever the CI supports. No, oh, so like as okay. as GitHub Actions has it, we'll we'll update to it. Yeah, you know, just uh, you know, you might want to give them a remind. You might want to give them uh, whoever's responsible for that to a little kick as to 1804 uh, 1804 is is the current stable right. Ubuntu right that tell the uh, Ubuntu guys to uh, that they really ought to get on to on to that quickly for the uh, for all of us users yeah I mean I'm, I'm sure they're aware of it because the new version drops uh, drops on the twenty twenty third. Yeah, but they 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 don't. It, your machine will not upgrade automatically until July. Like it's a very slow. Okay. Changeover. I'm I'm running twenty oh four on my desktop, but I I would I can understand the conservative nature of the CI people. Yeah, so, I don't blame them. Don't misunderstand me. It's sure. Like, yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. They really need to do that. Do that because eventually 1804 will go extinct. Yeah, but not <laughs> for five years or something. I'm trying so. to get us off the 1604, which is from 2016. So yeah, ouch. There's yeah. a there's a ways to go. It looks like the libraries are using Ubuntu latest, but I was going to move to explicitly 1804 for Circuit Python. Yeah, I was I was just about to mention that if you wanted to track latest or go specifically to version. Yeah, I, t I tend to like to pin our versions because I felt like like we this the rollout of Sphinx 3.0 broke stuff, right? And so we should we should try not to configure ourselves so that when major releases of our dependencies roll out, we get broken silently. Like we should do those explicitly. Can I ask a question about Black? Yes, let's yeah. let me take a time code just so we have a different. Yeah. Go ahead, Jerry. Well, so there's this new thing about forcing it to use Python 3.5. So is that something now you recommend we do whenever we run it is specify that? Yes. haven't had any problems with it. It seems to be you know, compatible. You know, it's been passing on the recent tests, but still, still finding Black quite a mystery. <laughs> we need to update the guide. But yes, it's yeah. best to run it with the same target version as the check does. Okay, and and you're holding the three five. Yes. Yes. Okay. And also, I will mention this. I don't know if it's in the guide or not. Um, but you can actually config a um, pre-commit hook, and it'll run black for you every time. Okay. Okay. It would be good. To, it, it, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll check the guide for updates. Um, the thing I, I don't have any info on, at least when I read the Git reference, unfortunately, hooks are not put into their local only, so they won't travel with repository. Okay. You mentioned the conf.py. Where is that file? It's under docs. Under docs in each repository? Yes. Yeah, it's the Sphinx okay. configuration file. 
Yeah, guys. Okay. I'm just trying to find it. Okay. Um, thanks. All right. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for making it to the Circuit Python Weekly for April thirteenth, twenty twenty. Uh, let me take a time code before I get too far away from it. This has been the CircuitPython community meeting. Uh, thank you all for who made it. Uh, it happens every week on the Adafruit Discord server, which everyone is welcome to join at adafru.it slash discord. And people say I sound like a robot, but it doesn't matter because I'm recording locally. Uh, so you can hear me as a as a robot and other folks in the recording will be just fine. Um, so let me just wrap up anyway. Uh, so if you want to join us on the discord, the URL is adafru.it slash discord. Uh, join us there. This meeting happens on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the discord server that I just mentioned in the voice channel, Mark CircuitPython. Uh, it is recorded, so beware if you hop in there and speak that you will be uh, documented as such. And the recordings go to youtube.com slash Adafruit in addition to a bunch of podcast services. So if you're not able to make the meeting, you can check it out later on those uh, sources. If you want to participate but aren't able to make the meeting, please uh, check the CircuitPython text channel. The pinned messages will have the upcoming note stock. And so you can drop your notes there and I'll read them off during the meeting. And I think that's it. Uh, we also do have a calendar for those who of, of you who want to keep track of when the meeting is. The uh, notes repository has a link to a, a calendar file that you can import. Um, there are some days where there's a U.S. holiday on Monday that we do shift it around a little bit. So keep an eye out for that. But generally, uh, I believe next week we're on our normal time on Monday. So uh, we'll talk to you all then uh, and have a great week, everyone. Thanks, everyone. See you later.